0: On a Monday, things probably having a less frantic pace today because a lot of things are not happening and kids aren't in school. So I'd imagine some people have opted to work from home or not to work at all today just because they've got one extra day with the kids. Let's bring in Scott Reed, who usually does have a house full of young'uns. Scott Reed, former advisor to Prime Minister Paul Martin, here on The Morning Brief to offer insight on the day's big stories. Uh, Hope you had a good weekend, Scott.
1: Just great, just great, but <clears throat> you're right. I, I consider Easter Monday a curse, though, because it's got, the, it's it's uh, an in-betweener, you know? It's not really a holiday, but yeah. the school system treats it like it's a holiday, so it doesn't uh, amount to a leisurely pace. It amounts to a stressful pace because you've still got to juggle work. Let's find something for the kids to do. So one's going to a camp, which means you got to haul ass all over the city, you know, weave between traffic and construction and then get back and do work, and, you know, so, yeah. Anyway, uh, the point is, Uh, I love Easter
0: yeah I mean I just I it's such a vocationless day I mean even Arbor Day we can think about trees I don't know what you're supposed to do on Easter Monday we're done with the chocolate um, the whole religious aspect has come to an end but anyway let's keep moving um, according to stats that were issued in an April report which accounts for what happened in March attacks on the TTC declined after extra security was added I guess now we'll find out since that security has been discontinued if attacks start to rise. I will say, as one codicil in all of this, Scott, um, my encounter was a fairly minor affair. But, you know, I was chased around such that I thought, I don't think I want to be on the TTC anymore. And that particular incident probably never ended up on anybody's books
1: yeah i was um i was away for part of last week so i i i missed the story of your own incident but i was asked about it on the weekend by someone who's a, a regular listener so i um i invented a whole uh, mythology around i just pretended i knew the story and i told talked about how it you um, um you yeah I, you like went totally charles bronson on like a group of eight punks and stuff so i hope the real story is something akin to that um i uh like, I, I don't know what to say about this other than no kidding. You know, I mean, n- no kidding. They added they, they added security. They added a police presence. They added um, some sense of, you know, uh, physical security. And it had an effect. So naturally, the thing to do is to bring that to an end because obviously the problem has ceased. The problem has not ceased. Security is still required. And I know a lot of people have, you know, misgivings and there was a big debate. Oh, you know, is it intimidating? Is it going to look we've got. We have a critical question of whether or not people can be physically secure in public transit right now. Um, You know, you can cite all the stats you want. That's the feel of the city. And whatever rock needs to be turned over, whatever check needs to be cut, uh, it's a fundamental service that needs to be provided. It's a fundamental reassurance that needs to be offered. And I just think we've got to get back in that business as fast as possible.
0: So Mississauga appears ready to relent and allow pot shops. And actually, I guess this period where they didn't probably saved them from what Toronto and other places experienced, which was we ended up with three pot shops on every block, and now two of them are gone.
1: Yeah, I I, I don't really get why they're reversing the ban. I mean, it's uh, do they not consider themselves to be an oasis of peace? Uh, you know, you can't literally cross the street without bumping into a weed shop now. Uh, They are something of a blight. Um, Obviously, from a business perspective, it's been a bit of a train wreck. Uh, The whole retail uh, rollout has been spotty, to say the least. So I I don't know why you would invite. Maybe because they've waited a period of time. Maybe it'll be less gold rushy. Maybe you'll end up with, you know, something fewer in terms of volume of stores, and that'll make it more manageable. But um, I'm kind of puzzled because the argument, well, you know, it turns out people are still going to go buy their weed anyway so we might as well have it here i i guess but you know do you if if it if it sucks everywhere else in the province do you look at that and go let's get in on it
0: listen let's uh, talk about joe warmington's column it's about uh, how a uh, guy who is not indigenous, uh, spent 10 years studying indigenous practice, ended up with um, elders at his um, parole hearing, and they all sat in a healing circle, minus the victim's family, and then he was granted parole. Now, it should be noted, this guy murdered a cop in 1982, so it's not impossible that he would have been granted parole anyway. But the idea you can you know fashion or yourself or style yourself, an indigenous person when you're not strikes me as somewhat strange
1: yeah and i know that's the top spin on the article but you know look first of all obviously i got zero sympathy for cop killers um or people who kill anyone for that matter the guy's done 41 years in the system so that seems a pretty full sentence and you know like i don't think he's representing himself as indigenous i don't think that the fact that elders appeared at his parole hearing means that they are pretending that he's indigenous, or that they've granted him indigenous status. Like, how many hundreds of stories are there? Thousands, millions possibly, of people who go, you know, into the penitentiary system, and there they find religion, right? They find Christianity, and then at their parole hearing, they might have, you know, uh, a Catholic priest, or, uh, you know, an Anglican priest at at their parole hearing, or they convert to Muslim, Islam, they convert to Judaism. So I kind of see it as this guy adopted a belief system, he found something that resonated with him. Maybe it's tried. Maybe it's had some role in making him a uh, a more whole, better person. Somebody that's actually somehow starting to, uh, you know, work towards some, if not rehabilitation, then at least reconciliation with what he did. Uh, none of that absolves the crime, but we don't generally keep people in jail literally forever. So I was puzzled by the story. I don't think the guy's representing himself as indigenous as I read it. I think he just, he found a belief system. And why do we have to tear our shirts and howl as though that's some terrible, awful thing. And it's indicative of how, you know, you can't, uh, you know, you you you, you can't trust uh, all this indigenous talk. I Very Toronto Sun story, in my view.
0: All right. Well, we'll be talking with, and I have no expectations. I don't know what he's going to say. We're going to be talking with our crime specialist, Mark Mendelson, who's a former cop himself at 635. Um, Do the Leafs have anything to apologize for? They're being accused of running up the score and also pulling a stunt where they put a, um, a backup goalie on the ice for 60 seconds just so he could say he played in the NHL. Look...
1: I'm a huge Habs fan. So if anybody should be upset, it's me. Uh, The Habs didn't earn the right to object because they just got completely blown out of the building. And the team has been a disaster here in the second half. It's a little bit of a face wash to put like a kid in. On the other hand, it's kind of a nice thing for him. So I think the objection is probably just a bit of a raw piece of emotion coming off the ice from the player. But uh, you know, the answer for the Habs isn't to complain about this kid being on the ice. It's to uh, draft well and get better.
0: What do you make of this feature about half, almost half of parents who have adult children are supporting them one way or another? And owing to where you are probably in life when you're doing that, by the time your kids are in their 20s and 30s, you are not saving money for your retirement, you're just giving that money to your kids.
1: Who are these other half? Who are the half who aren't? What kind of kids do they have? Where? What, what Petri dish should they grow their kids in that they don't need help in this day and age? Like, um, yeah, I literally at like 10.30 PM last night, I got a note from my 25 year old son. Hey dad, the car is uh, expelling something uh, purple and gray. I think it's bad. I'm gonna have to dig the car in. Ding, 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 la banque de dad. Uh, you know, that's just the way she goes, man. Um, I also, by the way, don't really get all the people that sit around around the bar and bitch about the fact that they got to help their kids out. Like, um, I'm happy to help my kids out. Like if they're lazy bums that weren't doing anything, weren't working, then, you know, I might resent it or I might behave differently, but I'm only too happy to, you know, help my kids out. Can't take it with you, man.
0: Okay, are you expecting that flow to reverse though when you get to retirement age?
1: I have four sons. I pray, I pray that one of them becomes something spectacular, so that they can, you know, keep the old man in applesauce when I get to that age, which is bring about eighteen months from now.
0: Okay. Uh, meanwhile, looks like uh, ad agencies are starting to use AI models. I can't really. I mean, I'm sorry that Gretchen didn't eat her pee today and then go to uh, a photo session, but I'm really not going to sweat the end of professional modeling.
1: Yeah, lots of luck, you software monsters. Listen, you can write any piece of algorithm you want. You're not going to match this beauty of a kisser that I got right here. So good luck to your computer. You can't. You can't. Got. You cannot build what I got. So I ain't worried.
0: All right. Thank you, sir. Very lively this morning. You betcha. Ciao, Scott Reed, CDB political analyst, former advisor to Paul Martin.